Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We're here. We're back at it. Back at it again in 2023. The Very A Podcast. Been here before. Been here forever. What are we doing? What is this? Seven years? Uh, when did we release Cam Girls? I remember it being 2014. 2015. Oh, 2015? Okay. Yeah, 2015. When we put out Cam Girls in Florida, man, we uh, started the podcast. So this will be our eighth year of doing this. How do we not have more episodes? That's what I want to know. Like, what? Yeah, I know. I was asking you that the other day. I'm like, how, like, did we, like, skip 100 episodes by accident? Are we, like, really 100 episodes more than we have? But I think what threw us off is that we did a morning show called The Come Up, and we did 100 episodes of that. And not only that, we have, like, 50 or 60 or more uh, bonus episodes on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. Um, but, yeah, that's probably what seems to have slowed us down. We've never stopped. We've seen a lot of other podcasts start and stop since we started doing our thing. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> At least we're reliable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are reliable, I guess. So what should we do? Should we start off the new year with a prayer or something? I think that would be really sweet. I, uh, it's a it's a bigger part of our life than I think people know, prayer. Uh, it freaked your mom out the other day. That was so weird. Yeah, she was very triggered. Yeah. Like we were about to do a podcast and we always just say a prayer right before the podcast. Like, let's let this be our best one yet. Let the words flow, whatever. And your mom is like, you're not a Jesus freak, are you? Well, she was like, do the people, do they know that you're praying that it's your best podcast yet? I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? Why would that even like, are we doing something bad by saying that? Yeah, it's funny. She was almost like, almost like it was non-consensual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And she, she gets, she gets worried about us. It's funny. Well, she knows the power because... She does, like, we play, I grew up playing on bridge with my parents and my grandparents. And she would always, like, whammy the cards. Mm. And I'd get really mad at her because it really worked, like, every time. Like, she'd be like, hold on. Mm. And she'd go like this. And, like, she would always have the best hand. And I'm like, I was like, you're no more whammy. We're not (laughs) allowed to whammy anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think all it is is like prayer is just like using your faith to mold your reality to something a little more conducive for your heart, your heart's path, you know? Totally. I mean, I think when you're praying in the highest interest of all and saying that um, you like give it up to divine will, I mean, how, how could you be? I don't know. I'm not looking to pray anything like, oh, help me and hurt someone else, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If like, don't help me if it's going to hurt someone, you know, we'll that would keep be a it. dark prayer. Yeah, no, I'm sure people That's more do like it. magic. <laughs> people do that shit all the time. They do. They, they, they pray for people to fucking get hurt or die or, or suffer or whatever. It's fucked up. You know, you think that's going on a lot? I think yeah. it's maybe not in the context of prayer, just maybe in the like, Oh, I just wish. Well, it's all a prayer. Right. Okay. It's all a prayer. This is just like what we're, what we're doing is just like a little bit more ritualistic, I guess. Right. Um, we try to start our days like that, and we try to end our nights like that. And it has nothing to do with uh, religiosity or some monotheistic God or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of just uh, speaking to the universe, which is speaking to ourselves, what our highest intentions are. What are your highest intentions? Um, to, to flow with life, you know? Uh, I've definitely lived swaths of my life where I did not feel like I was flowing with it and I was my own worst enemy. My inner voice was not uh, helping me. It was dragging me down. 
I think I've I've learned to tame that a little bit and I've learned to tap into some magic and I want to use that magic and that's like that's the flow of life because it is a very magical thing to be alive and take human form like Jesus Christ they say the odds are like I don't know how they would calculate these odds but the odds of like being born a human being are like one in four trillion or something like that well that might have to do with like the amount of sperms yeah yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) like your little spermie is competing with like four trillion other little spermies to try to hit the egg first yeah but that's that's my prayer for myself is i want to be the sperm that hits the egg and make shit happen you know so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why don't you why don't you say more Why why don't you lead us in prayer okay let's do it okay um I'd like to set a prayer for this year, 2023, that may everyone discover new things about themselves, new things about the people they love. Uh, without judgment, may we love deeper and more fully, um, use truth as our shield, as the Mona Lisa says. Um, I pray for expansive horizons and exciting new surprises and may we just be in harmony with our truest self and may we harmonize with our environment and our communities and help where we can and how we can that's a good one is that good yeah that's for everyone yeah that's the idea and here's how we close all the prayers this is the where the real magic is we Mm -hmm. say Amen. Aho. Aye. Whoop whoop. Aye aye aye. And we're we're down to always add to that. Yeah, that's that's just that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it's it's always growing. It it first came to us uh, through a really bright soul in our life, James Peach, and he says he says Amen. Aho. Aye. And I'll, and then we uh, in our men's group added whoop whoop to it, and then for the juggalos, you know. Yeah, we got to shout out the juggalos. And then uh, we just added, ay, ay, ay. Yeah. So that's how it closes now. That's how you seal a prayer and send it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I pray for good health for us, too. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah, see, the thing is, the prayers don't stop. Like, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're in touch with your desires. You're in touch with, like, how you want your life and your days to feel and your body. You're getting more in touch with how you want your body to feel and how important that is to the whole thing. Spent the first two days of this year up on a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy how much your body can change in like one day, two days of working out. For sure. For sure. If, you, if you've been eating right, you know, and, and just being mindful about that stuff, it doesn't take like that much exercise to, to be feeling and looking incredible pretty quick. It take, for you, it takes one time. You'll sit around for six months, <laughs> do one hike, and you're just, your body's totally different. You know, you look like a jacked model. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it up. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, you kept saying that as a New Year's uh, resolution that I definitely did not force your hand on. Where did that come from? Oh, me being fit this year? Yeah. We talked about it in the last podcast. I'm like, I'm fucking turning 35. I want to use it or lose it. I want to live. I want to (laughs) live. I don't want to be 75 and then have a doctor be like, you need to start using weights. 
You need yeah, to start yeah, yeah. increasing your bone density. Yeah. You got to do that stuff now. You got to get addicted to it now and just start getting the patterns, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like, you know, a, another good thing to do every now and especially as the, as the new year um, comes in, everyone's like talking about New Year's resolutions and the things that they want to do to improve their life. Send a fucking uh, a debt of gratitude back to the motherfucker, you know, who set those intentions, the ones you did do and right. send him thanks and her thanks for like for us meditating like we're this is will be our 10th year meditating whoa yeah how much has that changed our life we barely ever fucking think about it or talk about it it's just a good habit we got into 10 years ago it is my life though because when i go a couple days without it i'm like i'm like anxious and when when i miss one i'm different yeah i mean it it gives me like it starts my day off right and then it gives me a night when i do Mm. it in the afternoon i'm like okay otherwise i'm like running a little hot yeah can't calm down yeah. and then you can calm down with weed but it's kind of like it's not the truest yeah there's like a deeper level of settling into a moment you can do yeah totally totally well well weed weed is a is a is a teacher so it, it you know and but you got to be your own teacher first so i think it's good to meditate then smoke weed i i combine the two a lot of times that's that's a fun journey that's its own journey yeah a marijuana meditation yeah Floating through the cosmos. Yeah. Edibles. Edibles are very visual. Mm. I don't know if you find that. Yeah, we we were at a New Year's party, and um, someone sincerely asked me and Mare, like, they were like, I'm, uh, like, I I, want to incorporate pot into my life, but I, I don't know how, because it seems to just amplify the most negative inner monologue I could possibly have. And he was like, do you guys have any advice? And I said, I, th- this is coming from a very th- a masculine place in me. But I told him, I said, you kind of just got to like smoke through that. Like those those um, those alarm bells that's setting off in you are actually a gift, you know, that you've hyper that, that you you've overindulged in the hyper masculine of your life. And that there's a whole nother conversation going on inside that needs to be heard. And this plant will remind you of it because this plant's a very feminine spirit. And it comes on and it can wreak chaos on people. I mean, not everyone yet wants to spend their evening being like, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But I think that there's, I, I think you can smoke through that though. I do think you can start to gain a tolerance and start to uh, intentionally work with the plant and say like, cool, what do you have to offer me? And yeah. start to listen to it. And here's the, the key is to start to make adjustments in your life to serve that thing better. Yeah, it's like an incredibly humbling spirit. And sometimes that can be very uncomfortable because yeah. you do it and you're like, oh man, yeah, I was not nice to that person or mm-hmm. I was uptight about this or, oh, I've, I've fallen behind on that. Yeah. And yeah. You kind of have to take your medicine. Totally. Well, I think um, partly for me is like in, in all my experience with this plant, it seems to want you to chill out. Like it really likes... When it likes taking human form and it likes when we make music or listen to music or laugh with our friends or watch a dope movie it loves all of that stuff but there's a little bit of a barrier to entry you know so i don't know i i like to think of it as um something that comes along it's gonna be your best friend but at first you're gonna have to really kind of get well acquainted with yourself before you can even go on that journey if that makes sense yeah i mean it's kind of like psychedelics like our acid is like a more extreme form of that where it's like it's not always easy and it's not always comfortable but it's like through 
through those experiences, you get a different grasp on life that when you learn how to dance with that energy and understand that there is energy to dance with and that, you know, it's, it's challenging you. Like you can't win at acid. Like, you know what I mean? You can't, (laughs) or any of these drugs, you can't like beat it into submission. Yeah. Yeah. Like it will outdo you like all rounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so once you realize you can't beat it, you have to surrender to it. And then when you surrender to it, there's like a flow of love and acceptance that you can tap into. Yeah, exactly. That's not judging you yourself. Like you accept the mistakes you've made. You're not judging other people. You accept what is Mm -hmm. so that you can float downstream with the experience of life. And usually I think the most uh, powerful companion to that is your breath. So like it's kind of like weed with breath, acid with breath, all of these things with breath. Because like our thought patterns are so strong and they want to cling so tightly that we were talking about this with Mary the other day. It's like you can't really break the pattern until you get bored with yourself yeah, yeah. and get bored of your thoughts because you think your thoughts, you think they're so important. Yeah. You think like you need to worry about something or you won't do good in the future. And if you don't worry about that or you can't make the right changes, but it's all there. And, um, at least for me, as like Mare was talking about too, is like once you get so sick of your anxiety and your fears and your concerns about whatever. When they become boring, it's yeah. like that's the real death rattle of your anxieties is yeah. when you're now bored with them. You're like, geez, I'm worrying about this again. And the escape hatch uh, is and was all along your breath, listening to your breath. That is meditation. That's all it is. It's, it's, um, it's tapping into a, a much more eternal and primordial conversation it is the word of god if you're listening Mm because it will bring you back into the moment and it'll bring you back into the moment with heightened consciousness but it's a hard thing to do because everything's fucking so goddamn stimulating in this world you know it's hard thing to do to not be overstimulated and and have your your senses overpopulated by your fucking thoughts so that's partly that's partly why i love weed and i love talking about weed and meditation because for me, like if this plant is calling for me to chill out and stop taking such a hyper-masculine approach to my life and my thoughts and my relationships, it's asking me to clean up. Like, you know how I can't sit down and write a treatment or come up with ideas, like, unless the house is clean? Mm-hmm. That's and kind of what weed's like. And all the relationships thoughts. are clean. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, my house needs to be in order in order for me to be myself. So... Now I just figure out more ways to keep the house always in order so I can party. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about the party, right? Well, it's all, I mean, it's all about um, just mining for joy. And because I I feel like we have a a system that really tries to steal that from you at every impasse. Yeah, I I was kind of having this realization about Christmas. Oh, yeah. Because I want to be good. And I want to make people happy. For Santa. You want to be good for Santa? I want to be a good Santa helper. And so, like, and I've gone through Christmases where I, like, feel like, oh, fuck, I didn't really. Like, you have five nieces and nephews. I'm like, I can't handle not having, like, a gift for all of them at Christmas. Like, I want to see them happy. I want to. The gift is you and your presence. And then this year, I realized the gifts get opened in five seconds. No one cares. It's like, it'll probably just get thrown in the closet. But, like, the gift would have been if I had gotten, like, oh, instead of giving each person a bag of art supplies, saying, like, the gift is this evening. I was 
I was sick on Christmas, so I couldn't do shit anyway. But for future, <laughs> I, like, it made me have the intention for future years to, like, really set the space because what I would have really loved to do with the kids is like make art, mm-hmm. not just give them stuff to do art with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. And I, so I, I don't told know. you, I was like, this is the last year we're wasting our money on buying. I'll still give them money, but like maybe just give them money. That's, that's the move. Yeah. That's the move. Just be like, here's 40 bucks. Like for a kid? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I think the beauty, beautiful thing about Christmas is thinking about the people and like giving it thought. And I think there's something beautiful about that. But I think I, traded consumerism and thinking about them in a consumerist way when I could have enjoyed the moment and like done this thing of what we're talking about like find the joy in the day in the moment and set the space and put all my intention into like okay how can I curate like a really beautiful like community shared family experience you know yeah yeah well I told you after this year it was a good it was a good year there was a uh, like um heavy reckoning year you know 2022 yeah a lot of like i don't know yeah. how everyone else did but it was for us it was like a lot of ups and downs like really high highs really low lows yeah 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 the, the low lows like where to the point where you're like suspicious if you're even doing the right thing with your life if you've completely fucked up you're like just questioning everything and really kind of just the worst way but the highest highs we've ever had too, you know? So now I think it's just like, how do we fucking figure out how to ride that wild in a more sustainable way? But that was one of the, one of the the last reckonings of this year, even though the last week of the year was like, whoa, we got to make some adjustments. Like, wow. Uh, We don't need to drive ourselves crazy every holiday season, buying a bunch of useless trinkets for kids that don't care what they do care about more than presence is presence. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's why they love us so much. Like we can't really do wrong in their, in their minds. So let's just, just be present. That's, I think that's the best thing we can do. And instead of being like, Oh, we're going to go Christmas shopping for the kids right now. And, and somewhere early in December, we just say like, let's go over and hang out with them. You know, let's go see if we could write a song with them. I bought Maddie a little ukulele. Yeah. Yeah. I told her too, and I, I didn't expect her to get it or anything like that, but she's a freshman in high school. I said, you might not thank me for this now, but at some point you will. At some point you're going to be great. I, I pictured her being like in the dorms in college, like playing around and singing and writing songs with her friends and being like, my uncle got me this. That's, <laughs> that's when she'll think of me. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. But then, and, and then also we had such a good time on New Year's Eve, but we were like, we need our own place. We should be the people hosting, you know, I'm not a good guest. I, I think we're not that, good. Uh, guests. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we are in the way it's like, Oh, we're, con- we, we try to clean up after ourselves. We try to show up as the party that we want to be at. We'll, we'll play the music. We'll cook the food. We'll bring the guests. We'll do whatever, but like we should be the ones hosting. So yeah, it feels like a reckoning in that. We just sense. want a DJ, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like really so simple. That's what it comes down to. It we comes, just want to hear the songs we want. We hear. just want a DJ. Like, I just want a DJ. Yeah. I mean, by my DJ, I'm like, I want you to DJ. And yeah. Um, what are you trying to hear? Half the time, I don't know. Come on, give us, give the people the taste of what. Because I, I see you, you have headphones in all the time, and I say, what are you doing? And I thought you're looking, listening to an audiobook, but you're listening to music all the time. I'm just. See, this is like our whole relationship. <laughs> You've just like played music, right? Yeah. yeah. And 
I have no idea what I'm listening to half the time. I have done you a huge disservice in so, uh, okay. in song song titles. You know more bands than I know all these anyone. songs. You know the songs and you know the bands. You don't know the song titles or the albums that yeah, they're so from. Yeah, so I'm like in this period of discovery. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like learning for myself what songs I love, and I mean I already know what songs I love, but I'm like, oh, that's that one. Cool. Yeah. So what is it? Come on, give some recommendations. We did this last one. I don't want to duplicate anything. So, yeah, that's. I mean, I'm putting you on the spot. I don't know. We go through such phases that, like, sometimes all I want to hear is Bruce Springsteen. Sometimes. Really? Well, like, it's around Christmas time. You like, got a little bit of the boss in you. I really, I, I love that. Because there's, uh, I think, um, people are either super hot or cold on the boss, right? Doesn't it seem like? Yeah. A lot of people that I've met, especially in the music snob scenes that I've uh, danced around in, are like, hell no to the boss. Well, he's got he's got like a lot of jingle in there, so it really feels like this time of year. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't feel appropriate to listen to the boss any t- other time of year. Cause yeah, like, yeah. Even his non-Christmas songs sound a little Christmassy. Yeah, yeah, totally. I do think of him as more, um, yeah, it's winter, winter music kind of, besides the album uh, Born in the USA. That's a summer album. That's for driving around this country in the summer. Darlington County, Cover Me, Born in the USA. I've been listening to some Funkadelic lately. Really? Mm-hmm. Our favorite, our favorite uh, lead guitar player. I mean, we we don't talk about Jerry because he just he's like the angel on top of the Christmas tree. Right. But uh, right behind him, I'd say Eddie Hazel from Funkadelic. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He doesn't get talked about it enough in the uh, conversation of great guitar players. Emotive. Just completely emotive. Like, there's people like Eddie Hazel, like Jerry Garcia, um, Prince. They're like, they really just open up and bare their soul through their guitar playing. And I mean, I, that's, what, that's what everyone's doing. But they have such a grasp on the instrument that they can take it to new dimensions. It's what I like to think that we're trying to do with documentary. It's like get as good as Jimi Hendrix was at guitar at documentary so we can just do really far out and psychedelic things. I, I think we're doing that. Yeah, you but, have all the play space once you've like... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've made every kind of documentary and they're not all like released under my name. I worked for History Channel for four or five years so I got to do a lot of different kinds of documentaries and like the formulaic basic ones, the talking heads, the... Talking Heads. I think I've listened to them great, a lot lately. Great too. fucking band. And Tom Tom Club. Oh, yeah. They're we should shout band. out that live performance of... Devo? Oh, my God. I've listened to Devo, too. Devo. De- Devo has a live album from 1978 that is like... I mean, we're, we're, we're fucking... They call Devo fans spuds. We're huge spuds. What I was talking about, though, is that Talking Heads live performance I've been trying to watch with you again. Oh yeah, stop making sense. So good. I like directed by Jonathan Demi. That's another thing I do love about hosting is like deciding what you put on like on the TV too, where it's just like kind of. Do you think we've hosted a lot of gatherings where people left there like I need to fucking I need to rest now? Like what the fuck? These guys just played a four hour Ween show. (laughs) Fucking gave me ketamine. I know we have to. I I need to (laughs) rewatch that Chicago one. Ween in Chicago, but um. No, people have left our apartment lost. Like, I don't know how many people have, like, hit me up 
like either later in the night being like I took the wrong train going the wrong direction or like I left and I didn't know which way to go and or I had to go to the park for two hours afterwards <laughs> just regain my senses well because people try to smoke like we do yeah yeah and it's like a lot for some people yeah you know to it, like pass the joint that many times and yeah yeah and, and I think like I don't know may, maybe it should be just like spoken more men more potheads need to say this if you're if you're around and you're the type of person that doesn't want to smoke pot or just wants a hit or two and people keep handing it to you, just pass it. Just you know what I mean. You don't have to make a speech. You don't have to make a statement. You don't have to give a toast. You don't have to give excuses. If I'm smoking and having a conversation and I pass it to you and you don't want anything, what are you gonna do? Just take it, pass it to the next person, right? Seems to make sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm throwing that out there for just just to avoid those those awkward moments where you think you're on the spot, like. No one that's smoking pot cares if you do too. And if they do, they're just a fucking troll. They suck. Yeah. Yeah. Like you shouldn't care what other people are doing to get high and get by. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We've killed so many people. Oh my God. Holy shit. With Hoppe. Oh my God. With pot. With DMT. That's the main thing. A, a couple, a couple ketamine situations, but that that I wouldn't, I wouldn't even blame us. I'd blame the person. You know, it's just like you overindulged, and we're here for you, but you overindulged. I, yeah. Yeah, you flew too close to the sun, man. I mean, and I think that's what we did is like we gave people the space to go a little far. Like I'm glad that I've killed myself a million times on different yeah. things. Yeah, like, yeah, me too. I, anything that anyone's done in my apartment, in our apartment. Mm-hmm. we've done too like harder oh yeah oh so, yeah so so it's not like i'm like oh my god i'm a horrible person i'm like oh well you had that really crazy experience and if you're gonna do it somewhere we're actually the best place to do it yeah yeah oh my god i could fucking tell so many stories it, it, the hoppe is the funniest one because it's something no one's ever really heard of they don't know what it is but it's just this finely ground um tobacco it's it's jungle medicine you know yeah they we first started getting it well we had a couple friends who were like big in the ayahuasca circle who would like come over and serve us and then we started doing ayahuasca circles and you'd get served and yeah you get they give it to you like before you take ayahuasca or sometimes during the ceremony yeah then they blow it up your nose i'm just explaining it to people who don't know what it is it's called hape or rape and uh they take a little pipe and they blow this it's like a combination of ash and tobacco and uh yeah, it's it's fucking insane. I was severely addicted to this stuff for probably two or three years. I don't know. Wouldn't you say? I don't know how long that was. Yeah, probably. 2017 to 2020. I was pretty severely addicted to this stuff. And it's funny because when it came into my life, the people that introduced me to it were like, oh, I've had problems with this stuff. I can't even have this stuff around or I do it all. And I was like, okay, I had never done, I've never put a drug in my nose before. I had never sniffed anything. And this guy blew this up my nose. And it was like one of the most insane experiences. And then over time, you know, we ended up acquiring this stuff, doing a lot more ceremonies, getting a lot more used to it, and then uh, totally abusing it for me. So people would come over and they would see me doing it. Same thing with the pot. They would see me just like carrying on conversation, blowing this stuff up my nose, doing whatever. I'd be like, what is that stuff? And inevitably, I'd explain it, and some people want to try it right then and there, and I would, I would give them a dose, but like a quarter of what I would give myself. It's still enough to knock you out. It just fucking totally knock you out. Complete, like, overtakes your your nervous system. It calms you down. 
it does calm it you grounds down. you i remember the first couple times i did it because maybe it's because i'd never f- messed with tobacco at all before yeah. that really besides like some spliffs but i just remember being like maybe more generally i was like up in the clouds a bit in my thoughts or whatever mm. and it just like yeah and then you're like seen from here and you're like whoa yeah this is life you know <sighs> you're like grounded into a reality which i almost crave i wish i could i mean i think i just like more live there now but i almost like crave that kind of like reality shift because we used to use it like when we would be like oh we're getting on each other's nerves we're fighting we're being petty with each other and like one of us would be like we're doing hoppe let's go do it and you know the second that stuff gets in your system you're like like, i'm sorry what was i going on about i'm so sorry i'm an idiot yeah so it was really good for that but i had to stop abusing my nasal cavities Um, i'm glad i haven't like i didn't really i didn't put anything up my nose in 2022 i'm psyched about that not a little a little bit towards the beginning towards the beginning in january i did a little 13 day ketamine binge well that's what's kind of cool about (laughs) 13 (laughs) i guess that's what it was yeah you were on a a ride um yeah it's kind of fun that we share our journey with people you know and are just like open about it but i do get self-conscious that like we go on these like ketamine benders or whatever kind of bender we're going on and then people don't realize like they're just phases for us you know what i mean yeah and think like oh they're just doing ketamine all the time i can just do ketamine all the time and then i don't don't know everyone's got their own journey but i i don't want to be like someone who like promotes things that i like quickly i'm like i'm not doing that anymore (laughs) yeah i mean look ketamine might have been a a bigger problem had it been more effective if i could like still effectively get into a k-hole i might be still messing around with it but like it just came to the point where it's like didn't no, do anything. It didn't do anything. No matter how long we would wait, you know, we'd we'd wait two weeks, we'd wait two months, we'd wait six months between doing it, and we just couldn't get back to that place anymore. It was a great companion during pandemic, yeah. though. I I think it's the type of I I think that the reason we can't get back there anymore kind of has to do with um, ego death and your your ego's uh, main concern, which is survival. Mm-hmm. And so it sees that you use this substance to to destroy it and totally decimate all of its abilities. And eventually it just it's it's like you're putting your ego through cross training. Mm-hmm. You're you're training it to be a little stronger, to not let go of everything. And, you know, the substance becomes a, a little bit useless. Like nitrous. Yeah. Nitrous is the same thing. And, and I think like. Because especially when we first started doing ketamine and nitrous, people would be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a dark path. That's a really dark path. And I can see why it never became that for us, because once it stopped being effective, we stopped using it. It, you know? it became a dark path really like overnight. Like for you yeah. overnight, I was like, this is bad. Yeah. What it, happened? I can't even remember. Well, nitrous for me was like this like expansive, huge fucking feeling like, whoa, way out there. Um, having like all these ideas that were like liquid gold, but still like just going to this like place that was like beyond this space. And you, I, you would come back and from doing a balloon, typing shit in your phone, saying, "I I'm, I think I have a whole stand up comedy routine." Like you would come back with some crazy it, shit. I felt a lot really inspired by it. Yeah, like yeah. It, there was a, there was a lot that I was feeling really inspired and feeling like I could really like go out of my mind in a way that felt like I was in something bigger than myself. And it was giving you a break from your normal stories about yourself. But then all of a sudden it became smaller. Mm. 
and it I felt like it was like my vision went from like being able to see 360 to like this and then it was like this and then it got to this point where it was just like a pin drop and I just like got this download like I'm gonna lose my eyesight mm. and then I read about it and that's what happens people no who abuse way. nitrous like really abuse it yeah. I'm not talking about like some couple whippets here and there yeah i'm not talking about whippets we're talking about having a tank in your apartment and having to set an alarm for three hours because you don't know how to or when to stop because you don't know what the fuck is going on you don't know what time is anymore yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's where we were at and i was like i'm about to fucking go blind (laughs) yeah and i like because it really um it reduces your b12 which as like being plant-based we already have probably really bad b12 and oh also probably like makes you less able to like have a kid if you wanted to like mm. that's even if you don't want to have a kid it you don't want that weird. you don't want that you don't want to limit your options because you want to inhale some fucking gas <laughs> like what the hell am i doing yeah yeah so yeah you got spooked i remember like i was just chilling in the living room and you came out like we're not doing nitrous anymore uh, there were so I was, many I was times like, chill out chill, chill out what are we talking about what did you just read what happened you know? well i just i got the download and there were so many times that i fantasized about f- carrying the nitrous tank up to our roof and just like letting it out because i was like no one should have this <laughs> and then yeah oh man well so you stopped and i guess i hadn't had my lifetime supply of balloons yet because mm-hmm. I was still like, I was like, Cass is overreacting. She'll get over this. Or even if she doesn't, whatever, I'm just going to do my thing. And I was really mad at you that I felt like you weren't hearing me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, was like upset. Like, yeah. I was like, I feel like I was like trying to tell you something real. And you were like, you're just worried. Yeah. You know, you were yeah. just chalking it up to like, you know, you're just having bad thoughts. Have good thoughts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I was a douche. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But, you know, so, so like you, you quit nitrous and then fucking quarantine starts. Pretty much. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember. Quarant- oh, because you were with Carrie and then. Yeah. Yeah. Quarantine started and oh. Carrie moved in and she had done nitrous with us while you were still active. And um, yeah, I remember like a week into quarantine, she's like, should we get, should we do some nitrous? And I was like, um, I don't have any, but I probably could get it. And I hit up the guy and he was like, it was faster than I could have gotten weed. It was yeah. faster than I could have gotten alcohol. Yeah. This guy was over at our place with a 20 pound tank. 15 minutes later and I was like all right I guess we're doing this and I probably did 50 or 60 more balloons after you quit but then I uh yeah one day was was on some ketamine it was a mess and we're just partying me you and Carrie and we're playing video games and having some laughs and I go to fill up a balloon and fucking the the tank was so pressurized I just barely turned the knob and the balloon just fucking gets frozen explodes and then the tank like jet propels down and destroys my left foot like every like just broke every fucking bone in my left foot the tank spinning around Cass has to jump on top of it and that was it also off. the second time i've had to that jump had on, to, a, uh, on a on a like live like <laughs> i think that's why i hit my balloon limit a lot faster than you i've had to jump into action straddle a fucking yeah sh- yeah, yeah, exactly. Our whole it's apartment like is filled like with fucking nitrous. Can you imagine what our fucking neighbors must have think? Oh, God, I can't even. Whatever. So anyway, whatever. I destroy my foot, and I, that's when I was just like, "All right, whatever. I'll take that as a sign from the gods." Yeah, I'll, I'll call it a day. And now I, I think now looking back at it, we say that you know everybody. I think everybody has a certain amount of balloons in them. I think 
for most people, it should be probably like 75 to 100. Every sensible person. I mean, I'm sure there are people who get to the place where it, they're dying every time they do it and they like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like dying in a way that's not expansive, but like small. And yeah, just I like life too much, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a little bummer that we can't like I don't go to a show and like get to share that experience because that was kind of pretty fun like being on acid and a little ketamine and then doing a balloon in the parking lot and being like whoa this is the highest i've ever been yeah yeah what a sacred combination no we burned it out we really did it's okay i I remember the good times though i remember totally we we saw a a dead and company show and we we had taken some acid and during the show we were doing ketamine i remember there's like a nine-year-old girl sitting next to us and i'm like we're, we're just learning about ketamine we we're just learning like how much to take and whatever and we took a bunch during the show so we're on acid and ketamine and then we come out of the show got some balloons and we're just like laying there like that's the holy trinity of of if you want to go to wave if you want to go to neptune as mayor would say that's the holy trinity that's how you get there well, acid ketamine and fucking nitrous holy shit and we loved it yeah i mean it it taps you into what some of these deeper truths may be, which is that like life isn't what you think it is. Um, it's kind of crazy. You kind of have these moments. Time is kind of an illusion. Yeah. Your past and future are not what you think they are. It's it's weird that it, it like like these drugs, this this like whole field of drugs, like the hippie stuff. It, they all have the effect on me of. Um, taking my life less seriously, but also taking it more seriously in some ways, you know, like I I take it and I'm just like, oh man, yeah, we made all this shit up. Like, Mm -hmm. like all that type of stuff. Like we made up money. We made up this economy. We made up work for, to, to survive. Like I, I could give myself a little bit of a break, but then, but it also shows me like, wow, my, my life's a blank canvas. I, I really can kind of create my own reality and it makes me want to be more disciplined and do something about it so yeah well your life your reality is your karma and your karma is kind of like your previous interactions and so like when you become aware of your karma like you do on weed which can give you anxiety you kind of want to be like a little more um mindful yeah of the like vibrations you put out Mm -hmm. and the energy you put out and i think that's also where um like you were saying, um, I was going to say something specific in response to something you said before, but I kind of lost it. So I don't know. Do you want to hit this dab pen? So I can get more confused. Sure. Yeah. But it had some sour ass diesel in there. A little sativa. It's their first time smoking this on the podcast. The new Puffco, uh, vape dab pen. Oh, I, what I was going to say is because, like, you're, like, taking life more seriously and less seriously. Like, I think, like, the movie we just did, Wooks, I think a lot of people can watch that and be like, oh, there, there's no wisdom here. And then some people see it and they're like, oh, this is all wisdom. Yeah. But it's, like, kind of on what level are you looking at life? Mm-hmm. Because if you're looking at life on the level of, like, trying to Get have... Get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, we got serious about having fun. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm trying to yes, say. Yes, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I, I got way less serious about one thing and way more serious about another thing. And being serious about fun also does take some discipline because that, that means, for us at least, we're not taking jobs. You know, we'll take gigs, but we're not taking jobs. So 
we're in the deep hustle of our life. The deep hustle. So we have to take that seriously. You have to have discipline. You have to have practices to um, identify and serve the muse, figure out ways to get projects made, figure out ways to get your voice out there, figure out ways to express yourself. Cass is just tending to the fire here if you're just listening to us. If you're just listening to us, the show is on YouTube. If you ever want to see what we look like. I don't know why. Well, I don't know. We like to, when we watch podcasts, we watch, when we listen to podcasts, we watch them because I think it's nice to hang out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So one day we'll be in the VR headset. She can really hang out. Hell yeah. Yeah. That would be fucking rad. That'd be version 3.0 of the show. This is version 2.0. Version 1.0 was audio only. Now we've been on YouTube for like over a hundred episodes. Yeah. I kind of like that our old episodes are kind of like lost into the wind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the first hundred so episodes we were great, but you know, we played music and didn't really realize how limiting that would, how much that would yeah, limit us going Yeah, forward. copyright stuff. We were just yeah. like, whatever, we just want to put out the, the coolest transmission. It doesn't matter if it limits our reach. And uh, yeah, now we're not doing that as much. Where I'd like to go, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but to maybe set an intention for... We've been talking about this for a while, but I'd love to have the Church of Chill not only be like the music show, which you do, but also recording live performances. We have so many talented friends. Yeah. And I'd really think that we have the platform. Now we have the subscribers, like 20K. Yeah. To maybe um, be like an outlet for people to like discover new music. And yeah. Yeah, like like kind of like what WKXP does, yeah, exactly. or like what Tiny Desk Concert does. Or yeah, whatever, exactly. Just like our version real, of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, even if it's like one camera, one shot, like ha- have a live experience. You know. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna be traveling a lot next year, making movies and stuff. This so. year, twenty twenty three. Oh. We're in it, baby. Oh. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Once uh, again. Once again. Oh, and just a a word for Mayor. Because she's been telling us this for like th- two years now. Spring 2023. If you're having a rough time. Or have been having a rough time like having, since the quarantine. Yeah. There's going to be astrological shifts that should be significant for everybody. Yeah. That could lighten the load. It's going to really get better in 2026, she says. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like she keeps pushing it off. No, but she doesn't push it. She has been saying 2023 since we met her in 2020. The spring of 2023, She yeah. said that's when things are going to lighten up a little bit. Yeah. And, and it's what's so cool about her knowledge of all of this stuff. She can, like, look at your chart and, like, she, from looking at my chart, can tell, like, I'm in a different place financially than I've ever been before. And she could tell how long that was going to last. And, like, that right now... um, um in a period of uh, relying on other people's resources more than my own. And I've always been only reliant on my own resources. And that for the past couple years, two, three years, and this is why I've been so uncomfortable, is I'm a little bit more reliant on other people's resources. And I think that that's why we have the Patreon or whatever. And, you know, other like people are now helping fund our films. Like this used to be something we would not make anyone else's business. And it, just a free thing appears out of nowhere. And it's been tough to do that since quarantine. Our business kind of got decimated. But um, fuck that but business. She's, yeah, we're we're being reborn anew. We are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We used to. I mean, we're we're still available to do it. But we we're used we used available. to rely exclusively on um, 
doing big commercials for big clients and uh um not that we're not open to that and not that we're we wouldn't like really be grateful for for that financial relief definitely i'm not trying to send a bad curse on that no no we're definitely calling that stuff in because it helps us make movies and and it helps our movies like be even more wild and just continue to evolve into what we want but um yeah, I, I think that like this is like right now we're starting uh, development on a feature film called Wild Magic, which is kind of about um, America's spirit, and it's it's definitely going to be a poem, and we're going to meet a lot of really cool mystical people from America, and it's yeah, going to be very so unexpected. If you know anyone. Who's particularly magical. When you hear the phrase wild magic, if whoever the person that pops into your head, even if you don't know them personally, leave it in the comments. Or d- just hit us up directly. Yeah. Just hit d- we're, email. We're casting. Uh, cast at veryape.tv. Yeah. But um, point being, okay, this is you. our first project that someone approached us and said, what are your ideas for projects? And we told them a few of our ideas and they said, we would love to fund that. So we're going to take that money and make our magnum opus. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's all been leading to this. It feels like it. Yeah. To the point where when we were editing Wooks, we were getting a little stressed out. We're like, this has elements of wild magic in it. Should we, should we hold this character back? Should we not... Should should we not blow our load r- yet with uh with like certain people that we showed in Wild Magic? But I think it's a perfect like little teaser to the to the energy we're gonna fully indulge in with Wild Magic and and Wooks was meant to be a very raw expression, raw and pure expression. It was meant to feel like something that could have been edited in camera, literally mm-hmm. like. That's how we put it together. We just try not try not to do anything fancy, even though I got a lot of tricks up my sleeve. And try not to use those. <laughs> um, but Wild Magic will feel a little bit different. I think it will be more um, ritualistic and hypnotic and symphonic. Mm-hmm. Those are the words that come into my head when I think about that project. And uh, we just we, we we have a beautiful canvas to play with with that title and with the energy we're calling in by calling something that. And uh, focusing it on American mystics and just keeping it as simple as that. And just those magical moments that happen that we may have slowly blinded ourselves to. And the media maybe has slowly blinded us to. That there's um, a real magical aspect to life that actually is like the only thing that's keeping the world going and keeping humanity going. Yeah, one of the, I mean, we've tapped into it a lot all over the world but i think where we well especially united states but remember when we were doing the territory yeah we had a movie called the territory that we were working on for a few months out there just filming yeah we were filming it on our cell phones which we had did trump rally on our cell phones so we were like this is viable we can do this yeah and we went out like with the intention of kind of becoming part of like magical situations and Oh my God! Did the universe not disappoint? I think what what was it, uh, yeah. It's the only project we ever really started that we didn't finish. Well, I think it was more about the journey because when I think back on the most magical moments we had, the camera wasn't a part of it. I'm not saying we didn't capture some. Can magic. you give me an example? When we were in Detroit, like we were like 
in these squats and just really there with the people who were living there and I feel like yeah we filmed a little bit but I just felt we were like in the moment it was training for this movie like the rawness of like kind of just like life on the edge you know yeah um truly the edge like we're hanging out with fucking squatters and train hoppers and fucking knock down drag out drunks we were hanging out with weird cult leaders and and like in in the midst of it i remember there was a guy that just reminded me of you and he like i talked to him he's got a family he's got the support system he's got everything he's like a middle class middle class kid college whatever real tangible skills he could use but he's like no like I want to live here. This is like where life is. Cause he, he just like goes and gets the free food and then cooks it for this house of misfits. Mm-hmm. And there was something really like, um, that's wild magic. Yeah. And, and we, what we needed to do is go out there and experience it. And we were trying to make a movie, but it's something our souls were telling us at a certain point, like don't pull out a camera right now. Don't even try to get these people to do anything. I think because we just needed to learn and be immersed in what the feeling of the movie we're going to try to make is. Right. You know, that was a way for us to, to serve and potentially even draw in a new muse. Cause we started to see this country differently after that mm-hmm. because it is a, it, it is a, a repetitive fucking consumerist nightmare when you drive around this place. Yeah, we were talking about this. Where it's just like everything fucking looks and feels exactly the fucking same. But the people are different. And there's wild fucking people everywhere you go. No matter uh, how presentable the place might look. You can you can find it. So I think we tuned into that, how to, how to suss that out. So I think that'll help us make wild magic. I think the way we'll make that movie is like we'll have like 10 characters that we try to make our way to. But we're going to be filming moments in between and um i think it's a it's a road trip movie it's one of it's something that we love doing and we've always wanted to do very intentionally so that'll be mainly what we're working on in in 2023 yeah that and we have a series that we're we're going to sell for a lot of money and become totally financially secure and that series is called uh the family trip and that's about um intergenerational psychedelic exploration that's it. i don't know how, how else to describe it because i i think it's a it's something like look our listeners might not think this is crazy because they're used to it now but when we tell people that we give our parents psychedelics or trip with them they their jaws drop you know so there's got to be something to that it is it is very interesting to see um how people react when they take psychedelics with their parents or their kids. Well, or I think the psychedelic husband. psychedelic healing is a real thing. And I think what we have the opportunity to do is put in the container of the familial relationships where you can, that's kind of the most prominent healing that can take place. Well, first is the healing you have with yourself, yeah. but then to like, you can't always see or document the healing you have with yourself. So then like, how do you go one layer out? Mm-hmm. of this onion of of the ripple effect of a shift in consciousness yeah, yeah and that's where um showing and depicting the familial dynamic and the evolution that can transpire even just from deciding to take a drug yeah exactly can start to shift things in your reality yeah yeah and uh fucking 
It's crazy. How much familial family shadow work have we done by taking ayahuasca or smoking DMT or doing mushrooms or taking Molly? Imagine having them there for that. Because, you know, you're doing that work either way. But, like, how many of our trips have been around, like, where I've come out of a DMT trip and I'm like, oh, my God, I understand why my family is the way it is. I remember, like, two grams on mushrooms or even one gram being at a bonfire and just, like, getting, like, these crazy downloads about, like, my dad and this tension I had with him and how it had to do with that he cares about me and, like, mm. his own fears and stuff like that. Stuff that you could, like, say, oh, that's common sense, but you can, you can like, really see it. Yeah. And, yeah, you've, like, been like, oh, the river of time that connects me and my ancestors there's like a kink in the hose yeah yeah in the the love yeah and i I could feel it i could feel it like uh, you know uh, when we think of our ancestors it's usually people like that we have a picture of or we met in person like our ancestry fucking goes all the way back so like when you when you smoke dmt and you tap into that like you can see the flow and like i was tapped into the, the 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 flow of love that it took to to get me to be a human being and it was kinked. It was like fucked up, like somewhere, um, like around my great grandparents on my dad's side. And I could feel that. I could feel that they moved here from Ireland and it was very uncomfortable. And it caused uh, just some some dark shit with alcoholism. And my grandmother uh, had to raise her siblings and spent a lot of time, like, had just growing up way too quick. And then had my dad at 18 out of wedlock. Which is like big shame, deep lifelong shame over that and could never treat my dad um, the way he needed to be treated. So my, my dad has, uh, there was a kink in the hose and the love didn't flow to him, but he has it in him, but he, he didn't know how to let it flow. And basically the message of this DMT trip was like the buck stops here, man. You have no excuse anymore. Like so you we're just, not having kids. <laughs> you just unkinked that hose. Well, I mean, I'm joking. I'm joking. I just it was too. It's fun. actually an interesting subject because we were just talking about the other day how like because we don't have kids, we we can kind of be parents to all. And the second you do have a kid, you can't do that anymore. Like you're so mothering to to everyone. You know, you're so good, and you're so there for people and your friends. And you pick up the phone and you spend time with people, and you go deep with people, but. And, and, and it's so it's so good for all those people and we have people that do that for us but the second kids start like your your priorities completely shift you have to worry about the survival of this one thing and it's hard to spread that mothering energy out as much so i think we have tons of kids and we will have a lot more <laughs> yeah no it's it's uh yeah the, the mother energy is like the like kind of like love the less you define it the more beautiful it can be and you can recognize it in so many places. Like our friend Ani turned us in on to like the idea of a chosen mother, mm-hmm. chosen fathers, chosen family. And so I don't know. It's been, I don't know. I think we've just gotten so close with the people in our life because we can, we're like, there's no, we can see you as family. This can be a family. Like yeah. we can be for here for each other in that way. Mm-hmm. And that that's a good thing. And even if you do have a really great parents, it doesn't mean you can't like bond with people and, and appreciate what they have to learn what you have to learn from them and like that kind of dynamic of yeah whether it's father like your dad's a dad to me you know oh yeah and your mom's a mom to me and everything yeah yeah, yeah he's a, he's a much better dad now than when i was growing up so i'm I'm really glad we're so close to them now and i can spend time with them because i mean my dad's dad died at 49 
so my whole life I've just been holding my breath for my dad to just drop dead and he's treated his body way worse than my grandfather did you know my, my grandfather quit smoking a year before he just he just dropped out of a heart attack at 49 years old um my dad's 70 still smoking like a chimney and but do you, is it it's kind of funny though because don't you think that part of your dad losing his dad so young has kind of also led him to this like fuck it i'm like life can just go like that yeah a little bit yeah and also losing your father figure and you know losing that that person to kind of whip you into shape and say that say the thing that needs to be said and yeah i think my dad just um it was a tragedy in his family and uh uh it it caused him to just spin out of control for two three decades and you know it, it, so but i i've lived my whole life feeling like i could lose my dad at any moment and it's just such a weird fucking thing so but it's it's helped me forgive him and be more grateful and present and um now the moments that he annoys me the most i i really do just remind myself i'll probably crave this once he's not here anymore i'll probably crave him bothering me every five minutes or wearing too much cologne or fucking <laughs> coughing his brains out from hitting the ball you know like i'll probably crave uh, like uh his his over affectionate ways I'll, I'll probably crave him skulking over me in the kitchen and making sure you know what i mean the stuff that really triggers me now and i just want to say like calm fucking down I'll, w- once he's not here i'll want that so it helps tap me into a more present state of mind when i'm around them but a lot of this came from me taking molly with my dad i I don't know what else to say like uh he was suicidal and i had only taken molly myself one other time and he was like i'm gonna fucking kill myself and i was like i don't know what to say other than i tried this thing for the first time and maybe you should try it and uh he was like well i'm not i'll do it but i'm not doing it alone and that really was a game-changing moment i did it with him and he uh he was able to pop out of that thing it was like it was like a, a textbook definition of what molly can do for somebody but him as uh, a drug abuser the next day was like are we taking that again or how often do you and i'm like no it doesn't work like that you, you really fuck your life up pretty quick if you go doing that too many days in a row but um yeah uh, that 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 led to um some breakthrough moments yeah, do you remember any of them in particular? Um, Like having him, uh, like I could feel that he, we had a really good conversation just about like what our life was. It was just like kind of like, wow, this shit's been crazy. Like it was like we got a break from that life. We were just in another state of mind together just looking at each other like, wow, life's been fucking crazy. Like this has been crazy. I, was he like and, apologizing to you for stuff too? Well, he like, he was, but it was real. Like yeah, it wasn't like, you know, I, I want to tell you I'm sorry. Yeah, normally it's this overly theatrical, like, you know, show of a thing with his apologies. This was, he had forgiven himself because he had this chemical in his system. And he could talk to me normally. And I could express some stuff that I think I would have danced around on eggshells otherwise. Because I, I don't want to send him spiraling into a shame, blame, guilt cycle. So normally I would avoid this stuff, but I was able to talk about some stuff. And say, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. When you guys left me down in Florida when I was like fucking 18, you just turned 18 years old. And like, it, like my dad was trying to kill himself down in Florida so that my family just left and I was 18. I was like, that fucked me up. I, 
you know, like, I, I don't know, like, you know, he was just able to hear and we were able to just process some stuff and you know me, I'm, I'm big into like, if I feel like I'm heard, it's all good. It's, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because it, it's crazy because sometimes I'll do this thing where it's like, and I'll, I'll do it with you and Mare mainly, but like, I'll like demand respect or demand an apology and I'll be screaming, I demand an apology. Come on. What the fuck? Why can't you just say you fucked me up and you're sorry or whatever? The second that I'm heard and that you process that and you start to apologize, I'm like, oh, no, sorry. It's all good. It's like, it's so weird. I don't even need the apology. I just need to feel heard. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And I'm, I'm crazy. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just learning. Learning. It's really hard to listen in a way that it's hard to, because like sometimes I hear you and I'm like, okay, I get the message. We're going to do things differently or whatever. Yeah. Like, but I'm like, did you hear me? Yeah. That's the part that's really annoying. Yeah. I'm like, we're doing it your way. I heard you. I'm yeah. sorry. And it's, it's like you want, like, I, th- I used to think you wanted me to cry in order. No, I hate that. Like, it, like, but, but like there's something that about me crying that I feel like was like, okay, she really gets it because now she's feels as deeply emotional about this thing as I do, you know? Yeah. And I think I'm just still working on my communication skills and I'm yeah. not very good at it because I'm very stubborn. Yeah. And, yeah. You know? You're, yeah, you're a total fucking heartthrob in, in every way. Like I would say close to, close to perfect, but you're very stubborn. You're very stubborn. And that, that's... Uh, that and and that's it's cool it's like the juice of our relationship that's like every you, you gotta fight in relationships you you, you know conflict is going to happen and it can be a gift if you fucking figure out how to work through stuff yeah so i i feel like if you weren't stubborn in some ways we would have this really out of balance relationship where i was just like a tyrant you know because my tyrannical ways will run out of control unless they're like called out so you call them out mm. I think you're stubborn sometimes. <laughs> Can you do um, yeah. a, a really big favor for me? Sure. And I know this is a big ask, but I got to pee. Can you just do a quick ad for our Patreon and new shirts and everything? Oh, wait, show the back of it first. Right, I'm going to show the back of this shirt, which Mayor designed. Our new Church of Chill shirts are available now. We don't, it's a limited supply. So get one while you can, but they're really cool. There is a emblem on the front that says Church of Chill, and it's a flaming heart with three swords through it. There's butterflies, six different butterflies on the sleeves, and then the back. <laughs> it says peace, love, and magic. Peace, love, and magic. It's imbued with a lot of magic, but I really got to pee. I'll be right back. I guess Sean wants me to keep talking, so um, we don't have to edit this. Well, I don't know. Everything Sean's saying about giving Molly to his dad reminds me of how <laughs> the times that I've given mushrooms to my dad, mushrooms to my mom, Molly to my mom, and oh man, yeah, if your parents are open to exploring, it's like a very powerful experience to like meet them on that level and in that space and the space you can share with people with like very conscious psychedelic use you know like I think we too often don't set the setting the set and setting and I think that's kind of 
what's happening now with this like second wave of psychedelic revolution is that we're like okay let's try to do it right this time let's do it sustainably let's do it in some way that we're helping people integrate we're helping people know how to do this in a way that doesn't create more trauma and more confusion but allows for deeper healing i'm talking about how i gave drugs to my parents like physically mm. Yeah, well, because you were talking about your dad, and I was kind of just starting to talk on that and just saying how, I don't know, like, I, I still want to give my dad Molly, and he's I do too. He's opposed to that, or not, like, he's not, like, super opposed to it, just kind of like, he's, like, likes, he's got the ego where he doesn't need anything. It's my mom. And that's fine. Yeah. Um. But, I'm like, dad. I have the best shits, man. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do this, like, you got the gift of a daughter who has the best stuff. Like, yeah. you could wait the five years for this to be, or 10 or 15 years for there to be legal uh, MDMA clinics. You where, can go pay five grand. So you can go pay five <laughs> grand, to deal, grand, grand to deal with your childhood trauma of, the, like, the horrific car accident you were in and the bullying that you had to go through at military academy and all this shit that leads you to be scared to die and ultimately want to drink more so you don't have to face that anxiety. Yeah. But then that ultimately creates a loop of anxiety. Um, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, um, I mean, we, we could just keep offering it to him and just say we could do it right here where we're sitting right now. This is his house. It's beautiful here. It's like... We've tripped here so many times. The he best place He doesn't even know. It's crazy. It the best, craziest. I, I think when he did mushrooms with us, it was the best, though, for me. Because we didn't do a crazy dose. We did, like, two grams or something. Two and a half. Two and a half. And he just was like... Because I think us, had, having been in the thruple and psychedelic and all of a sudden wanting to talk about Jesus all the time. And, <laughs> you know, and at the beginning being, like, very proselytizing about mushrooms because we had just felt such like a immediate profound benefit from them. Um, but once he sat and did them with us and like, I watched him process some stuff from his life. He was like, Oh, this is what you guys are doing. I remember him saying that he said, he said it to me. I was sitting right here with him and he just told me his whole life story from just like a place of forgiveness for himself. Mm -hmm. And after he told me his whole life story, he's like, Oh, this is what you guys are up to. Yeah. Like this is the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, we love it. Like, it's not some wild, I mean, it can get wild, but it's not what, like, it's not the. He's used to drinking. He thinks that's what he thinks we're after the same thing he's after from drinking, but with this thing. Yeah. And, and you kind of like, want to go no. towards a party of sin with drinking or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. There yeah. was a moment that kind of felt like we're not going to get married because we don't care. And, and we actually like that we're not married, but there More was accountability. Yeah, more accountability, exactly. We're not stuck in this thing. We choose this <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but there was this moment where he was like, like, Cass is my daughter. And, like, there was, like, I think it can kind of seem creepy sometimes, the, like, handing over. Mm -hmm. But, like, he, there was that kind of like yeah. a, you're Cass's guy. And, and I trust you. And I trust you, and you're going to look after her the way, the way I look after you, but, like, also... Yeah. There is kind of like, okay, this is mm. happening. I felt like, I don't remember the exact words he said or how it all happened, but I was like, whoa, we just got married, you yeah. know? Yeah, like he, he 
finally gave his daughter to me. Well, yeah, it was cute. Yeah. He walked you down the aisle. Yeah, that's kind of, exactly. Yeah. That's, totally. That's good. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting, like, almost a night and day between, like, you know, we dose our dads, and it's one thing. It's usually, like, us being like, cool, we'll do therapy with you, and we dosed you, we'll, we'll sit here and do therapy with you. With your mom. She's a party. She's taking care of her shit. She's she's looked after herself. She's She is a fully formed, She she's in her final form. So when we take psychedelics with her, it's a damn celebration. Yeah. It's it's us celebrating that we're alive, that we're still here together. My beautiful daughter's all grown up. We get to have fun together. This She's is like, so let's fun. go blow bubbles. Yeah, they're they're out there doing, blowing bubbles, taking walks, making art, painting, like fucking just, you know. No, my mom's become such an acid head. She's yeah. We gave her acid for Christmas, and literally it's, it's 7 p.m. She's like, well, can I do some of it now? And I'm like, she didn't. Mom. She, she barely even asked. She was putting it in her mouth as she asked us. She's like, now would be good, right? <laughs> it wasn't like a huge amount, but I was just like, it was, it was enough. <laughs> but it kept me up for 12 hours. Let's yeah, just say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Freaking wild woman. Yeah, but but these experiences are like kind of what give us. Uh, the the fucking the balls to fucking make something like the family trip it's like it, like we've done this stuff we've been there for it you know we we know we know the the basic realm of possibilities that could go down and we want to celebrate that because i think like we made a movie called joshua tree and it has a mother and daughter tripping together and so many people wrote to me like i used this movie to convince my mom to finally take mushrooms with me and it totally changed our relationship and i'm like I, I I couldn't receive a higher compliment for what we do. It like literally impacted your life. You use something that we filmed to impact your relationship with your parents. Yeah. So we did mushrooms for the first time, what, like 10 years ago now? Yep. And I was 32. You were 26. I don't know. I'm yeah. 34 now. Yeah. So. Um, so eight years ago, I guess. No, it was 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, you were 24? Fuck, you were a young one. <laughs> Not as young as most people. It started. felt like it, I, I was felt... old to be doing this for the first time. It felt like I you felt... were at the perfect age. Yeah, I was probably at the perfect age, but I kind of felt old that like I hadn't done it in high school or college or yeah, something. Yeah, I kind of was like... My point is, we've been doing this for a while, and like when you first do it, you're like, everyone's got to do this. Yeah. And now you're like... Then you go through a phase where you're like, no one should do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, cause you're you like, put yourself through this spin cycle so many times. You're just like, I don't, why am I recommending this to people? Like, yeah, this it is totally an, turns your life upside down. Yeah, this is yeah. an elephant. Yeah. As Ramdas would say, you're like yeah. about to welcome an elephant into the room. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad we did. No regrets at all. Of course. It's the best thing we ever did. But not everyone's life can as comfortably carry an elephant in the room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we were kind of already set up to do that. But um, now I'm really at the place where I'm like mature usage of of this stuff with people who are at the space where they're like, I'm drinking more than I want to. I have more anxiety than I want to. I'm depressed. I, I'm in a dead bedroom. I'm in a... I'm in a dead bedroom. Wouldn't wouldn't that be cause for psychedelics? For you know, like that could be one of I, a, that's one yeah. of our episodes. I feel like of of family trip. You know, and yeah, I mean? it's like a couple who's like yeah going through. They're like struggling with intimacy. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do. I think it's like it is uh, inherent 
to the game these days because uh, just the way people grew up and a little bit you know more attached to the internet and detached from real life and human beings and you think that's what's causing dead bedrooms uh, yeah I, th- I think that there's just so many other things to fill your time and your life with that are like tailor-made for you including your sex life you know you have this very specific to you type of porn that you seek out and jack off to and uh your chi is fucking useless you don't have any you know you're your wife gave you a look when you approached her for sex once and she didn't like it. So you got spooked and you never approached her again. And then fucking two months went by. I was reading about this on Reddit last night. This was the rabbit hole I was in. It's a dark rabbit hole, but I end up in it through other threads. Mm-hmm. You know, someone inevitably says something about a dead bedroom in a thread about other things. And then people just flood the thing with like, you know, some guy will be like, I haven't had sex with my wife in fucking two years. Someone will be like, I wish I haven't had sex in 12 years. I don't even know why I'm with this person. Like, don't you think, don't you think a Molly trip could help those people? There's, there's obviously a reason they're still together. You know, this is just like, Hey, let's do something to break those fucking negative thought patterns that keep you guys away from each other. Well, I think also like, um, loving yourself is like a big component of sex. So if you don't feel confident, like you wouldn't necessarily want to share yourself with someone else. I think it's like a big thing of about it too. It's huge. Or like huge. I think going through the process of like loving your body. Yeah. Is good and not always wishing something was different and being present with what is. Mm-hmm. Could really benefit your ability to connect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's at the heart of it. I mean, and it's and it's tough and that and and the internet and social media has affected all that with giving people weird body image issues and let alone that we're in a society that exploits people's labor to the point where they don't have time to take care of their body. They don't have they're they're they don't have good food in their life. They can't afford it. They don't have time to cook for themselves. They don't have time to sleep properly. So they're fucking all over the goddamn place and you know, how can you expect people to to uh, be intimate if you're fucking if your life is all over the fucking place and you're not taking care of your body? You know, when you are taking care, we were just talking about it today. We exercised twice in the past two days and like our sex is way better. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And I'm like, you're embodied. You're, you're normally, you got your head in the clouds and now you're, you're in your body. Is that what it is? Yeah, de- definitely. Definitely for you, for sure. You're much more airy, you know, you're, you're very, you're very airy. And when you're exercising, you're more engaged with your body and the blood's flowing, and uh, at least for men, there's more testosterone flowing. That's a huge thing with dead bedrooms, too. A lot of people are talking about testosterone levels. Mm. That if the if the male partner is the one that's like... Um, having a hard time. Having a hard time. It's usually low testosterone. But the fix for that is, like, horrible. Like, taking something, taking testosterone, well, it thickens your blood. It does does all exercise of, increase testosterone? Yeah. I th- well, I mean, look... No doctor is going to tell you to completely change your diet, exercise, and meditate, and your testosterone will start increasing. Well, They're yeah, never going to say that. We're consuming so many hormones. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, you know, you became hip to it when all of a sudden you're like, organic milk's a thing. Well, what does that mean is not an organic milk? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, and then it's like hormone-free, and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I have theories about why our like i think gender does need to be deconstructed but i think people are really there is a lot of if this is 
if it's people are getting born into the wrong body, like, I think we should be looking at why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Well, that's part of this, like, uh, grand reckoning. And it's in a very, like, well, it's it's why uh, psychedelics really are, uh, for me, synonymous with a reckoning. Mm-hmm. You know? Because you're not going to be able to hide. You're taking down, basically by taking a psychedelic, you're taking down your ego's natural immune system to protect the heart. And uh, I don't know, to me, like if there's reckonings to be had, let's have them. That's why I take acid so much, you know? And if I'm taking acid and I'm having good, I'm having a good time, uh, that means I'm I'm doing the right thing. You've talked about this a lot. Like you live your life to have good trips. And then I have good <laughs> trips to live my life. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, once I realize like, Oh, I'm having really hard acid trips. Yeah. And it's because I'm in an anxious loop when I'm not on acid. So how would I be anything but an anxious loop on acid? It just gets amplified. And I think there's a way to... I'm not saying if you're an anxious person, you shouldn't take these drugs necessarily. I'm just... Because I think it illuminates your anxiety in a way that can ultimately make it seem boring at yeah. some point. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Well, because it's illuminating your creativity too. And you're like, oh, that's all that this is. I'm such a creative being and I've just poured my, I've just mischanneled my creativity into negative stories about myself. And they bundle each little thread of a fucking bullshit thing that you tell yourself about how you're shitty or you're not worthy or whatever, or you're less than, bundles up and we call that depression. And then these things, even cannabis, like we started this conversation talking about, they come along and they'll illuminate those things for you. They'll illuminate where you've mischanneled your creativity. And a lot of times can show you the way out, can show you the way out. Start using your creativity in better ways. Start using your creativity to express yourself better, to have a better relationship with your partner, to find a better partner. Mm, You know, that's a big one. (laughs) I'm like, I've broken up so many people. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you're, you're the queen of that. For a, girl who, for a girl who just stays with the same boy with the same issues, you've definitely recommended breaking up to a lot of people. But, I mean... People come to me, like, several years later and be like, yo, like, you're the reason I broke up with them. Or, like, I, I just had your words, like, echoing in my head. Yeah. And ultimately... Just for the record, everyone's better off. Oh, absolutely. Bro- Every they person. Never, yeah. They're never you like. You wouldn't, you, you know how to read a situation really They well. would never, they've never been like, oh, it's like, I wish I didn't leave that person or whatever. It's always like, if I'm recommending you break up with someone, it's, there's a it's lot of red flags. It's probably bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably really bad. What did you say to someone once? And they were like, and you couldn't even remember saying it. And they were like well, quoting now, it back to you. Now I can't, really can't remember. <laughs> Oh, just like, I think you should want to be with the person that you're with. Like something so stupid yeah. and obvious. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you shouldn't, well, and isn't that what your mom told you is like, you should want to, if you would rather be alone then, with that person. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, symbol. my mom used to tell that to us before we even had partners, you know, she was telling me this stuff when I was like 12, 13 years old, like just basically like have some standards for yourself and, um, you know, don't commit to partners who, uh you'd rather be alone than be with them. You, you know, if you have a partner, it should be somebody that you want to spend time with. Yeah. It's a very simple thing, but it's a good litmus test on how you're doing. <laughs> Man, I wish I could remember. Sometimes I have real good nuggets in there. Yeah. No, I know. Same here. <laughs> um, this was fun. Thanks for doing it, Cass. Another episode. 
Oh, was I supposed to talk about the shirts? Because I never did. That, I, I, I went to pee and I was like, just do an ad for our shirts. Like, oh, I totally Okay, that cool. Up. Well, like I said, there's a limited supply of these beautiful new shirts that Mare designed. I don't know if we got a good shot of it, but. I'm going to put a, maybe we could even put a link in yeah. the, on the video potentially. Yeah. But yeah. at least there will be one in the description that links to our Etsy, Etsy shop. Yeah, that's how you get one of these is through Etsy and um, they're very charged. I've yeah, I didn't want to wear the same shirt as you for one, you know, but I've been pretty much wearing mine nonstop since I got it. Mm -hmm. It's so comfortable. Uh, Comfort colors, my favorite shirt, t-shirt, long sleeve shirt brand. This is a a version we had our last version from like two years ago Mm -hmm. that I still love and wear all the time. Um, They hold up real nice and yeah, you just like as dreamy as you can be. Yeah, they say peace, love, and magic on them. That's definitely the energy you want to carry into this year. Um, so, yeah, we have that. And patreon.com slash church of chill is the home for all of our secret content. The podcasts that are a little too spicy for YouTube. Yep. Our church of chill episodes, which are filled with uh, copyright infringements. But really good music, really good vibes. Really good music, really good vibes. Um, you know, we, we basically just do a weekly radio show of, of music that people should smoke weed or trip to. Or draw to. Or you know, make art, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else was I going to say? Oh, you know what I'm going to start putting on there? What? Is uh, director-producer commentaries for oh, our films. Yeah. Okay, totally. I, I think that's really cool. Um, so maybe we'll record one for Wooks like this week. And put it up there. We might have to call Joey into this one. Yeah, yeah, it could be cool. We'll cool. just talk about the making of the movie and, you know, give a little bit of a background as to why we made it, what the movie's about, you know, some of the stories of about the characters. We can go a little deeper. Cool. Yeah, so uh, patreon.com slash church of chill. It's, it's pay whatever you want. Um, so it's really worth it, I think. You know, come throw us a dollar and join our Discord through there where uh, you could talk to other like-minded heads. So... Thanks for joining us. Peace, love, and magic.